Hello and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis, the review show on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew and joining me to discuss a woeful performance at Ibrooks are four of my very favourite podders. First of all, Kenny, how are you doing, man? I'm good, thanks, Andrew. Lovely. Uh, Tom, how are you, buddy? I've been better, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> haven't we all? I feel like that's going to be a common theme. Iddy? Yeah, I'm actually horrendous. I'm surprised that Kenny managed to say he was good there. <laughs> I was being polite. <laughs> and uh, finally, the uh, the pod king himself, Chris. How are you, man? I'm fucked off, Andrew. I'm fucked off. Ah, there we, there we go. That's what we're looking for. I'm not well either, so that's why you're hosting. Uh, full disclaimer straight away. Um, I'm not not well because of Rangers. I mean, that's no help, but um, I, let's just get into this one. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, we know what game we're here to discuss. Uh, shockingly poor performance in the old firm. Uh, Rangers, I think, just set up in this game completely wrong. We sat off Celtic, let them play. There's some controversy around the disallowed goal. I think, you know, on balance, it's probably unfair that that was disallowed. I don't think it's the right call in the field, but I don't think we should be using that as an excuse. And in fairness, I don't think anyone I've seen who's in any way kind of reliable has used that as an excuse. Uh, Rangers were simply outplayed because they surrendered and allowed Celtic to play uh, their game. It was an absolutely woeful performance, uh, something that I think was reflected by the mood within the stadium. And uh, I think this was the final straw. We um, we talked to a, on the preview shows for these two games, uh, both PSV and this one. And I think uniformly, it was agreed that if he's got to win one of them, he has to win at least one of them, and it should be the old firm game. And if he doesn't win either of these then serious questions are going to be asked. And I think the main problem that we had is not that we got defeated because better Rangers teams have lost big games. It was the manner of the defeat, um, how Rangers surrendered, meekly gave up, allowed other teams to impose themselves. You can excuse that away with PSV to a degree. They're, they are not in the same league as us. They are they are on a different planet when it comes to spending. But the performance on Sunday was utterly woeful. I want to talk about um, some of the folk who were at the game first of all. So, uh, Kenny, you were obviously at the ground. What was your kind of take on the on the situation in the stadium? Uh, not people weren't happy. Um, patience uh, wore thin very early. I thought um, it, it just looks as if people have lost, uh, and it's not patience. I think. I, listen, I, I'll I'll say this. I think Rangers fans over the last few years have been incredibly patient with their football club. We've watched uh, our rivals across the city win five trebles in seven years. Um, I mentioned it on the pod uh, towards the end of last season when I think we were doing the review show uh, and I actually said that this board need to be aware that it's not patience, it's it's now a tolerance and the, the, the intolerance uh, has uh, swept over us, I think. Uh, we're not prepared to put up with this any longer. Um, you can't, uh, how would I put that? You, you can't accept that kind of uh, non-performance yesterday. It's not that we didn't play well. There is just nothing there yesterday that would give you any kind of optimism whatsoever that this season. Now, this is only the start of September. 
and there is nothing there. And I haven't seen Ibrox um, that poisonous and that toxic for a. But I don't actually really ever remember it being quite so angry. I've seen it. I've seen the place at its worst, obviously, but not like that, Andrew. It was enough is enough kind of feeling. Uh, and I'm sure Eddie and I, I don't. I'm not sure if Chris was at the game, but I'm sure they'll have a, a take on it, which will be similar to mine. It's just, I, I, I now there's a, an intolerance, Andrew, to, to mm-hmm. what we're watching. Idi, I was going to come to you next, because um, I know you were at the ground. I suspect Chris was sitting next to you there as well. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think what Kenny said, I, I think, is is fair. I, I was watching the TV, and that, that poisonous atmosphere was coming through through there as well. Um, but I think the, the main issue that we've got is, is, as Kenny says, the lack of any kind of plan it doesn't look as though we have a considered or consistent approach to these games but what was your take on the day man i think that's unfair on michael beale i think it's quite obvious to see that there is a plan there the plan is go out there and just hope for the best guys because he's not making any tactical decisions he's not making any tactical changes as the game's going ahead he's literally just sending the players out there and hoping for the best and unfortunately there's far too many in that team who over the last five, six, seven years, I've had the opportunity to go out there and hope for the best, and it's always turned out the worst, and yet we're not learning from it. I think that's fair, actually, yeah. Um, but we, we set up as though we were trying to not lose that game, and realistically, we're going into a game where Celtic look the weakest that they have in a number of years. A makeshift backline that their fans were very concerned about, a manager who's got you know no shortage of his own pressures to seek there, uh, Tom, we obviously previewed this game, discussed it in the run-up, but um, your your take on that? I know uh, you were not at the game, but uh, you watched remotely. So, um, yeah, what was your view, man? Yeah, so um, yeah, I watched it in in Reading with the the Berkshire with the Berkshire Loyal and the Walkabout. So a good bunch of guys there. Give, give them a quick plug. Told my wood yesterday, so you know, got to carry on. <laughs> um, similar to what Kenny, I didn't have a clue what what the setup was. You know, there was just there was nothing. He was. It was that let's just try and soak the try and soak the pressure up and hit them on the break, and it was just it was wrong, completely the wrong setup. But as we as we know, because it's we got beat. I, I think that's the the main issue there. You you cannot set up to soak up pressure from an opposition team if you don't have one hundred percent confidence in your defence. And to be honest, we knew exactly where Celtic's weaknesses were because they'd been talked about so widely in the press that for a number of weeks beforehand. We knew it was a makeshift backline. The one time that we actually put pressure on that backline, we got a goal that was wrongly chopped off. But we we didn't appear after the first two minutes to show any desire to want to actually push ahead and attack that backline. Our main attacking thrust seemed to be long balls up to a striker who doesn't really have the greatest turn of pace. Um, it was it was just shocking to see how poorly we were set up. I can understand letting their centre backs have the majority of the ball. Um, that that's how you kind of manage a, a counter attack. But what should be happening is the second the ball gets into that midfield, when it goes to Cal McGregor, that there is pressure being applied to him. And I think it was a stat that came up on the Sky Sports coverage, 15 minutes in, that said the most successful passes that have been completed were the three Celtic players at the back, McGregor and the two centre-backs. That, that shouldn't be allowed to happen in the best of circumstances, let alone when it's a centre-back pairing that has had no game time together, has never played together. And, yeah, what was something that we knew was a vulnerability. Uh, Chris, I'm going to come to you. 
What was your take on the game, Mike? Uh, Michael Beale, uh, quite frankly, shot himself on Sunday. It was the most cowardice managerial performance I've ever seen uh, from a Rangers manager in an old firm game. And I've seen a lot of shit. I've seen Graham Murray in the dugout. I've seen Pedro Kixinha in the dugout. Uh, it was horrendous. Uh, I think I would have rather get beat scudded 4-5 now than, than having to go through that. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. It was a, a, a weak makeshift Celtic defence. That was clearly their most vulnerable part of the team. And uh, for some reason, Michael Beale allowed that backline to do what they wanted to do because we put no pressure on it. And then you're compounding that by... The, the game plan for Celtic was as soon as the defenders have the ball, get it to Callum McGregor as soon as you can. So if they're not going to press the back line, you have to, at very minimum, press the Celtic midfield and in particular Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor had the freedom of Ibrox on Sunday. Uh, he could have done what he wanted and he was given so much space. And it was... These these players uh, have given some fierce criticism of the last five, six, seven years. Uh, I think their mentality is weak. I think they're a bunch of sorry losers. Um, and yeah, the manager is every bit as bad, if not worse. To see a Rangers team sitting 30 yards from their own box and allowing Celtic to have all that freedom without any pressure is... It's beyond embarrassing. It's um, it's. I, I don't. I don't actually know if I've got the right words. Words. I don't know if I can articulate just quite how brutal that was. Um, and he simply, he simply has to go. He's make. He's make the point about the goal. Uh, Roof's goal. Uh, like my own thoughts on that. I think it was very harsh, and I think it should have counted. But see the fact that I think it was you that said that, Andrew. See the fact that it's hardly been spoken about in terms of um, we're not using it as an excuse. That's the most damning thing that you could put against Michael Beale. Um The fact that Rangers fans are only prepared to use that as an excuse because we know we fucked up. The, yeah. weakest, the weakest Celtic team, the weakest Celtic team to come to Ibrox since Rangers get promotion, and we deliver that. And Brendan. Uh, I hate calling Brendan Brendan because it, it's very Celtic-y but in the context of this Brendan is the messiah again because Rogers was four steps ahead of Bill all day on Sunday and he schooled him and aye, a mortifying day a dark dark day actually for games to compare it to the, the game that we had under Gerrard where we had a handball goal that led to Lynn winning the League Cup. I think that's maybe his uh, either his first or his second season. But you, you saw in that at least a performance that suggested we had a plan and we could feel rightly aggrieved that we, we conceded a goal that shouldn't have counted and that, that meant we lost the game. And as you said, Chris, there is absolutely none of that this time around. It has been just a damning indictment of this team, the performance of the manager. And ultimately... You can say it's unfair, but Michael Beale has to be judged on what he has done with his team. He has had time, you know, plenty of time to get a grip of this team, the existing players, the majority of whom were here um, for a while because he decided to only start three of his new team players. Um, this is his this is squad now. This is his team. He he has decided to bring in all of these new players. He's not starting a lot of them, which maybe tells its own story 
But the fact is that he has had more than enough time to get a grip of this team and, and start getting a tune out of it. And if anything, some of these players are looking worse than they did when he came in, which is deeply worrying. Lammers, Campwell, both look like they've regressed. Tavernier and Golton, I think, are simply of an age where they are getting too old and aren't able to do the things that we ask them to do. Um, I want to run through the team really quickly, just for the sake of completeness. So our lineup was Butler and Goals, Tav, Goldson, Suter and Sterling, replacing an injured Borna Barisic. Jack and Raskin and Campbell on the midfield and then Matondo, Roof and Dessas as the attacking line. Now, in say that Matondo, Roof both get into that attacking lineup on merit, that's that's an argument to be made. Um Jack, Raskin, Campwell, again, I don't think anyone's going to really argue with their inclusion. And the back line is pretty much picking itself because we don't really have any good first team options, which again, maybe tells its own story. Kenny, on paper at least, that squad should be more than capable and that starting 11 should be more than capable of um, beating Celtic on its day. Uh, or, or, is, or am I talking on a bunch of nonsense? No, you're not talking nonsense at all. Look, this is a really simple thing that it, our manager had a full squad minus Borna Barisic to choose from. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to di- digress a little and say, look, it was highly noticeable that we had no left-sided players on the pitch, no left-footers on that pitch at all. Um, the shape's not right. You've got guys like Todd Cantwell, who we've just mentioned, you've just mentioned about Callum McGregor having the freedom of govern yesterday. Um, we beat them 3-0 about, what, eight, nine, ten weeks ago? I don't know when it was. Um, and But they had a better team out than that mm-hmm. nonsense they had out yesterday. Um, and Todd Cantwell did a number on Callum McGregor where Callum McGregor didn't get a, a millimetre, never mind an inch, all day. He was on top of him like a ton of bricks. So somebody, Mr Bale, was going to have to explain to us why I'm watching Todd Cantwell play on the left, I'm watching him play on the right, I'm watching him play as a number 10, I'm watching him play as a number 8. These guys don't know what they're doing. It, it is really that simple. How many times have we watched this team already this season where we've had Ryan Jack covering for James Tavernier or John Lundstrom covering for Tavernier or Sifuentes covering for him or like yesterday, Todd Cantwell covering for, for him. And that's me. I'm not having a, I'm going to go out my way to have a dig at Tavernier here. But the simple fact is that he's putting square pegs or he's trying to put square pegs in round holes all over the pitch. And these guys do not know what they were doing. And it was abundantly clear yesterday. Whatever the system is, whatever the tactics and the formation and the style that he's trying to play, I'm telling you right now, and if the players were honest with us, this is my concern, Andrew. If these players were honest with us, they'd, they'd be telling you the same. We don't have an earthly about what it is we're trying to do because from game to game, from half to half, they're getting chopped and changed all over the place. The, o- the only four that are consistent are, are five or are back five, um, and they're not playing well. So is it good enough to win on paper? Absolutely. On the pitch at this minute in time? Listen, I'm not taking us to beat anyone at this minute in time. That's how bad we are. Uh, and I, I don't want to be a drama queen about this because... I've I've seen enough on social media and listened enough podcasts and phone-ins already over the last day, you know, to 
to be fully aware that people are not happy. But that was a shambles yesterday. And I'm telling you, that is down to one man and one man only, and that is Michael Beale. He's got two weeks. I, I don't think he'll go, but he's got two weeks to find a shape, find a system, get an 11 and play them. Or he'll be out of a job within a month. I'll guarantee it. Because we were not going to beat them yesterday. It was really clear, and I'm sure Eddie and Chris will tell you, it was very, very clear, very, very quickly. Yet again, we are not at this at all today. I want to actually quickly go around and just get everyone's thoughts. So um, the two questions, and just a quick yes or no will do. Um, and Kenny, I'll ask you first. Does Michael Beale see out... Um, how long do you give Michael Beale, if it's you, and how long do you think this board gives Michael Beale? Uh, I think he's a dead man walking in terms of the position. Uh, I think the board will give him... Uh, I, I, being honest, I think they'll probably give him right up to the end of the Europa League campaign. I really do. Um, I, I think they've invested, uh, and not even financially, I think they're just too invested in the guy. Uh, so, I don't know, is the answer. Uh, but I would expect it to be a bit longer than we would hope. Sure. Uh, Eddie? Um, it's a difficult one. It's easy for me to sit here and say I'd get rid of him now, but ultimately and I don't need to answer for what happens afterwards if I do get rid of him now. They have roundabout invested in him i mean uh, granted we've sold a lot of players so that that actual investment and i'm sure um someone will bring that up probably chris isn't what we were promised at the end of last season or what um beal alluded to but the money is still being sent uh spent so to get rid of him now do we put ourselves back on that carousel um and, and we just end up as a club who brings in a manager buys some players does a sort of rebuild it doesn't work fire them move on to the next one it's hard to say but for me personally i would getting rid of him now if i'm honest he's been here long enough um nearly a year i've never seen any real style of play from him whatsoever um i think the only good game that i can remember was that hearts game the towards the end of last season outside of that pretty much every game i've watched has been terrible um i know the same was said about geo but at least geo was winning in cups and and could win the odd game that mattered so far beal hasn't won a single match that actually matters and yesterday it was one nil to Celtic. Yeah, we had two goals disallowed, and you know we've talked about the game. But really, in all honesty, I wouldn't have been surprised if we had walked away having lost four or five nil because there was no game plan. Nobody knew what they were doing. As Kenny said, he's moving players. He's just chopping and changing constantly, putting players in the wrong positions. Cantwell, he's managed to. He brought him in. We all recognised what a great signing he was, and then somehow he's managed to make him worse. It, almost like he saw was working with Campbell and said, "Now nah, we don't want that. Try something that doesn't work." Um, so for me, yep, I'd be getting rid of him now. I saw someone on Twitter earlier, and I, I really apologise if he listens. I, I can't remember who it was, but saying that when when Beale was there under Gerard, Gerard said to him, "I want to play this way," and, and, and you know he wanted to play like Liverpool. Find a way for us to do it. And he was great at doing that. He was a fantastic coach. As a manager, left to his own um, free will, he doesn't know how he wants to play, so he doesn't know how to coach them. And it's just become this omni-shambles. Tom? 17th of December, League Cup final. Yeah. If that's not being waived, if there's not red, white and blue ribbons and he's not waving that at us, and we've had a shit Europa, you know, a shit, a shit uh, run of results in the Europa League, he'll be gone. And that, that's, I, think, I mean, that, that's either the board or you, right? Both, yeah. I'll be leaving yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> my flaming torches looked out already. Very good. Um, and Chris, I think I can guess your answer, but I mean, 
he should have been emptied at full time. Uh, that that's my opinion. He shouldn't he shouldn't manage Rangers again. Um, I think Celtic getting put out of the League Cup is bad news for Rangers now, unbelievably, because the board might see it as this is an opportunity to win the cup. But I'll tell you right now, Andrew. Um, I, 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 I'm not ashamed to say this. I, I do not give a single fuck about the League Cup if the league is already lost in September. Um, now, granted, the league isn't already lost in September. It's only four points and, and there's only been four games played. I get that. But um, he is not going to go 100% between now and whenever, however far he gets in the League Cup. So his margin, if, if you need to look at it from a board point of view, his margin of error is... He needs to win every single league game up until the next old firm. He needs to qualify for Europa League, um, which is the top two, and he needs to win the League Cup. And I'm telling you right now, that's not happening. Do it now. Be proactive. Make the change. It's still salvageable. If not, we're fucked it again, and it's another season where Celtic are going to get probably another two cups, another two trophies um, in the bag for them. Closer to overtaking us has been the world's most successful club, if you will. Um, he simply, simply has to go. It's untenable. He can't. He cannot carry on. But he will, because as I said, we're a reactive club. We are not proactive. And see this, I hear. I keep hearing this. I will no Chelsea. I bullshit. Modern football dictates that instant results are pretty much the norm now. You need it. And if I can see clubs in the Premier League getting rid of their managers. Um, on a whim uh, and it becoming successful then I don't mind if my club becomes that because at the end of the day I don't give a fuck about who the manager is as long as we're winning and we ain't winning anything under him um, it's as simple as that uh, he, he needs to go he's a fraud he's a liar he's uh, he's, he's he's not a manager um, as I said last week on the pod he'll get a nice wee gig down south I have no doubt he would get a top 5 club in, in England as their reserve manager or under 18 manager or, or, or under 18 coach, I have absolutely no doubt about it, he'll get that, but as a Rangers manager, guy doesn't even look like a Rangers manager um, he is so far out of his depth it is unbelievable and I never, I never want to see him in the dugout again against Celtic and the next time he is going to be in the dugout against Celtic is at Parkhead and He'll get eaten alive, especially if he plays obviously that that way. Um, and I, uh, I, I don't really know what else to say. I, I, I'm quite brutal in, in my assessment, but that's because you have to be. What's the point lying to people? What's the point trying to say something to people that isn't the the truth? I'm quite authentic like that. And um, Michael Beale categorically is not the man. Never has been the man, and never will be the man for Rangers. He might be for Liverpool under seventeen or something. I think, to be fair to you, Chris, which I, I never really like to do, but I'll do it this time. Um, I, I think, to be honest, you're not a million miles away from what we're hearing, both from sports on Twitter, as well as the reaction at the ground. Um, the guys have alluded to it already, but the, the atmosphere, both when, when a certain substitution occurred, as well as a full-time whistle, is very bad. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm struggling to think of a time when I've I've heard it that bad at Ibrooks. My old I, man couldn't even recall a time that it's been that bad. Can I just come in here, Andrew, because there's actually something I want to bring up about this as well. Um, sure. If I don't bring it up now, I'll probably forget about it. Um, the the death nail in his coffin wasn't exactly the result, performance or tactics. Uh, I actually see it a completely different way. His death nail has, uh, has cowardly run up the tunnel at full time. I'm not having that. 
not a chance. I've I've seen Alex McLeish, right? A better man and a better manager than Michael B will ever be. I've seen him take absolute dogs abuse. And I mean dogs abuse. I've never that Sunday was probably as close to toxicity for me than than there's been at Ibrox since the McLeish days. McLeish really, really copped it. Certainly towards the end. And I'll tell you something about Alex McLeish, such as a measure of the man. He never, ever avoided the fans. Ever. I've never seen a Rangers manager do that in my life. But we can have a laugh and we can have a joke and it is embarrassing. Pedro in a bush, but he's standing up for himself. No, I don't want to see Michael Bale in a bush, of course. I don't want to see any Rangers manager in a bush, but I'm, I'm kind of making a point to the extremes here. McLeish had a bit of dignity and respect and integrity about himself, stood up to the Rangers fans and took his medicine. Pedro done it in a completely comical way, but he still done it in his own way. Gone up the tunnel, cowardly, to avoid it. Nah, man, you are done. You, that, I'm not having that. And, and it's not just that. What, what kind of man management is that, leaving your players out to face that? This is his fault. I mean, McLeish had a few other things that he could point to as well. You know, two league trophies, two Scottish Cups and three League Cups. So he's already a step ahead there when it comes to Michael Beale. I, I think... The, the biggest problem, as we've kind of alluded to already, is it seems as a, as a lack of a plan. Uh, you can talk about giving the managers time, um, to your point about us wanting to avoid becoming another Chelsea, Chris. But the fact is, I think the Rangers support will give someone time if they can see signs of progress. And as we've said, things look like they're getting worse. We, we aren't improving. We are <laughs> seeming to actively damage our own players now. Todd Campbell looks like a shadow of the player he was last season. And... You know, that, that is really upsetting to see, especially for us on the podcast that called him Beautiful Todd the first time. So, um, Kenny, I want to come to you next. In in terms of where we go from here, you know, in terms of looking for alternative managers, does a new manager fix this or are the problems deeper? Is this with the squad? Is this with the management of the, the team within, uh, the management of the team themselves? Is this an issue at board level? Does it get resolved there? Where, where, where's the where, where's the line here? Uh, nothing's uh, fixing this quickly. No, uh, Michael Beale's not fixing this quickly um, because you know since pre-season, I seen a stat earlier on. Since pre-season, we've played uh, what is it, thirteen games, we've won five, lost five, and drawn three, scored twenty goals, and conceded twenty goals. That. Listen, four of those are in pre-season and they don't matter. But I'll tell you what, when you add it up, that's appalling for a Rangers manager. Particularly when you've been given some decent money to spend and you've had some, you know, since November to scout the players that you want. And then when you get them there, you have no idea how to play them. That's, that's how damning can that be? So the manager isn't going to fix this. I don't see any other manager coming in with a magic wand that's going to make them uh, all of a sudden um, title contenders. Because this team's not not a title contending team. I, I can guarantee you that this season already. But a better, a better manager or a manager with a plan will get more out of this team, I would think. Give them a structure to play to that they understand for a start and they'll get better. But the issue is um, far bigger. For Rangers, uh, to me, there's there's no football insight on that board of directors. There's n- nobody knows 
anything about football at that level. Uh, that's why I was a little bit disappointed when Graham Souness had kind of insinuated that he wanted a director of football role and they wouldn't give him that. It was more of an ambassadorial role. Now, that's not to say that I necessarily think Graham Souness was the right person to do that, but that board needs help. There's got to be a, a link between that board and Michael Beale because they have allowed Michael Beale to basically scout, target, and process all these signings himself. And they've went with it. They've said, okay, they've put all their faith, all their trust in Michael Beale. Uh, so the, the, there is no quick fix to this because the simple fact is we've got nine players uh, brought in. Butland's been a success so far. None of the rest of them have been anywhere near a success, and it's early, so that might change. I understand that. But these guys are all in three-, four-, and five-year contracts, so how do how do we deal with this? I don't know, Andrew. Maybe Eddie or Tom or Chris have got a better eye than me, but the, I think this is why it is so toxic, the, you know, the, the atmosphere around the club at the minute, because we all know this, and Celtic fans know this, and we're having to go to our work today and deal with that. So I don't have an answer for you, Andrew. Maybe other boys do. Yeah, I, th- I suppose that's one thing about being down here that I don't really have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Um, honestly, that's absolutely outstanding as far as I'm concerned. Eddie, I want to talk about kind of a key moment that happened during the game. Uh, this loud goal, not even their goal, which was good enough, but ultimately it I think it deserved to get them the points, but it, it was what it was. I think you could all expect that something like that happening. The moment that I want to talk about is on the 64th minute when Michael Beale finally decides, hey, this isn't working. Let's change it up. Sterling comes off for Yilmaz, uh, bringing a bit of balance back to that uh, defensive area. We have Matondo come off for Lammers. You can kind of see that as a like-for-like swap in terms of you know an attacking player for an attacking player. And then we have Kamar Roof as well. And when the board goes up to show that Roof is the player coming off, the response from the stadium as a whole was utterly damning. And I don't think it's anything to do with uh, Roof or Danilo or any kind of bad will towards the players. I think that's a reflection on the manager. But, I mean, at that moment, do you think, right, well, there's no chance of us winning this? Or had you given up prior to that? I didn't like any of the choices of the substitutions, if I'm honest with you. Um, I thought Sterling was playing fine. If anything, if he wanted to bring Ridvan on, he should have taken Tav off, stuck Sterling out on the right and moved Ridvan to the left because um, Selic were targeting Tav constantly. That was obvious from about two mm-hmm. minutes in. Um, I thought Matondo was stupid taking him off. I thought, yeah, he he had a couple of times where he tried to take a player on and didn't succeed, but I thought he was given, asking them questions at least. And we whinge on and on and on about players who are too scared to take a player on. Well, we've got a player now who will try and take him on. He's not going to get it every time. We can't get on his back, but just because he doesn't do it every time. If a player was able to take a player on every single time, he's not going to be at Rangers, I'm afraid. Um, so I, I didn't think it was the right decision taking Matondo off. And when when the board was going up before the numbers were actually shown, me and Chris were dis- discussing who the subs were going to be. And at no, like Chris did say, I'd said to Christian, you'll take Roof off. And he said, no chances again. He absolutely can't take Roof off. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does. And it went up. And honestly, the, the atmosphere, well, everyone watching heard it. Um, everyone in the stadium knew it and probably were taking part in it. It was the most ridiculous decision to make. Roof was the only real 
real attacking threat we had. And actually, you could see that he gave a damn. He was shouting at the rest of the team to press. He was trying to encourage the team on. It was just flabbergasting decision entirely. We're best attacking option at that point and the best leader we had out on the pitch at that point, and he decides to take him off. It was, yeah, it was wild. Absolutely wild. I think maybe in the situation where Kamaru's played midweek and uh, you're trying to manage his fitness, that I can kind of understand. But honestly, taking off your most clinical striker, Tom, and almost conceding uh, the game, or at least giving up the idea that you're going to focus on still scoring a goal, that feels pretty damning to me. Yeah, couldn't work it out at the time. Still can't work it out now. You know, he was Kamaru. For, you know, when he's when he's fit, and uh, you know, I, I take I take pelters quite often when I say this. When he's fit, he's the best striker in Scotland, hands down. So why we took him off? Yeah, it was just beyond me. But there was just an, a long list of you know bewildering decisions that that Michael Beale has made. Obviously, you were at the game there with Eddie as well. Um, by the time we're getting around to the final substitutions, Lawrence coming on for Jack and Seema coming on for Dessas, that at that point just looks like we're throwing stuff at the wall, right? Ah, and then obviously hoping it sticks. Uh, I was just uh, kind of summed up a, a poor day at the office for, for Bill. Um, Roof coming off. I don't think Roof was particularly amazing on the day but I think what we've seen in Roof was Endeavour which we've only seen from the other players and that's how we were totally baffled that he was um, <clears throat> he was taken off I have to take Tom up and I, I, I just a slight point I don't think Roof's quite the best striker in Scotland considering that the wee guy that get the winner against this only needed one chance um, and Sadly, sadly, Tom, that's the difference between the teams. Um, they, he literally needed half a chance and the game is won. And we've spent, if you include Kemal Roof, it's at nearly 20 million a talent and there's not one of them that can do that. Not one of them, man. And uh, I, it, the contrasts are just damning, to be honest. Absolutely damning. Um, um, I will be honest, see when, see when I see I like Lawrence, but see when I seen Lawrence come on, I, that is exactly what I thought, Andrew. Was just he's trying to find shit at the wall and hope it sticks because I say a guy that's no kicked a ball in nearly a year and uh, we've got Sefuentes on the bench. What does that say about Sefuentes? What, what, what kind of message is that putting out to him? Uh just bullshit, man. Just bullshit. On to the post match. Obviously, the full time whistle, we've discussed that. The reaction, Beal hitting straight off up the tunnel. The players did try and do a circuit around the pitch to um, to clap the fans away. Honestly, I kind of agree with Chris Boyd uh, talking on Sky after that. You don't need to do that. Like, the fans do not want to see you trying to clap them and thank you for attending. You're, you, you've shat the bed comprehensively at home. No one's going to be there to encourage you. And I think. Uniformly, the shots of the crowds were of Rangers fans telling the players fairly distinctly to fuck off. So, Andrew, you know, but the, the thing is, Andrew, like, yeah, well, I, no, I, I, I think I can take your point. Like, we saw I, McBeal disappearing down the tunnel I to know, an extent. You're at Rangers, you've got to take those pelters, right? Yeah, like they can't listen. They're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. If the players went straight up the tunnel, they're, they're assholes and they should never play for the club again. So I'm not going to dig them out for that. They had to, you seen what happened at Lyon in France. Their players took their medicine. Um, and these Rangers players, to, to their credit, by the way, um, they, they get literally zero credit other than this. They, they, they stood there and they took their... 
they took their medicine and they absolutely had to, which is more than you can say about the, the manager. So I don't entirely agree with Boyd on that, that point. Um, Rangers fans had every right to express their displeasure and the Rangers players just had to take it. And, and to be fair to them, they did. Uh, and it's literally the only thing they got right on the day. What does that say? That's fair. Um, pretty much, Mick Mills said, uh, when you have a big opportunity, you need big performances. Kenny, I think it's fair to say we didn't get a big performance there. And I think in the post-match press conference, both him and Tav were, I think, defensive to an extent. Tav was asked about his own performance, if he thought he played well. Um, He just had a one-word, yeah, as the response. And Michael Beale said, you know, we were not inventive enough. We weren't ruthless enough. Uh, We were in front of Joe Hart two or three times, and our last pass or shot wasn't good enough. Now, this is with a front line that he has involved in pretty much the entire purchase of he's acted as a director of football for this window we can't blame this on he must not be named this is michael beale's players this is his team that he's assembled the fact that none of our strikers seem to be good enough to put the round thing into the net feels pretty damning to me what did you make of his post-match uh, comments there listen uh, it's just manager talk uh he's got to say certain things but I, I, listen, I, I'm going to be honest. You, you guys on here all know I, I wanted Mike Michael Bill to get this job. I have backed him as best I can. Uh, but I'll tell you something. See, see, since the start of this season, he's done nothing. Almost on a day, you know, from a day-to-day basis, but contradict himself. He says one thing in one press conference, contradicts himself the next. Uh, and it's becoming really, really tedious. So I'm going to be 100% honest. i seen a tiny clip of what he said on uh, Twitter. A minute and a half, I was glazed over listening to him. I can't do him at the minute. Uh, and and the, 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 the powers that be at Rangers need to get this into their head. Um, people are, they are glazing over. That's what I mean. The guy is just, I mean, Chris called him a liar. I think that's a little bit harsh. But at the same time, I can see why he's saying it. Because, you know, you know, just again, to digress very, very quickly, this is a guy that said made one of the biggest budgets that a Rangers manager seen in years and years and years. Then a week or two before the window shuts, he turned around and tell us, tells us all that he's going to break even in terms of transfers in and transfers out. That's not a budget. And then, you know, yesterday after the game, one thing I did read that he had said was that we were way off the mark if you think we'd spent that amount of money. Well, why is the club allowing people to think that then? And why is he allowing people to think that we're spending whatever it is, 14 million, 13 million on these strikers? How much did we actually pay? And are we actually in profit? And, you know, these questions need asked. And the one person I won't believe is McBeal. With these things, so I'm going to be honest, Andrew. You're you're asking the wrong person because I, I can hardly listen to him at the minute. I've got to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. In terms of that, then, I mean, Idi, do we need communication from the board? Should we be expecting that? I mean, this is a relatively new look board. We've we've had a complete turnover in terms of the staff there, um, and in terms of the the chairman and CEO 
as well. So is this a situation where we need to hear something from the board? Can the board say anything at the moment that isn't an announcement that someone's getting fired uh, that will um, that will help sort of calm the fans or, or assuage some of their fears? It's a difficult one um, for the board, which they've put themselves into, by the way. Um, but nothing they say is going to placate how the fans feel just now. You can't come out, well, unless they say they're firing Michael Beale, but I don't see that happening. You can't really come out and say you you giving them like a vote of confidence because everyone knows that's a poison chalice in and of itself as soon as you as soon as the board come out and say oh we've got full confidence in them you know it means the opposite they're actually now starting to look at it and they're listening to what the fans say i don't begrudge them their roles at the moment but then that's why they make this money to make these kind of difficult decisions and um i just think anything that comes out Granted, it's not going to be them directly that receives the abuse. It's probably going to be the poor guy that manages the, the Twitter um, account, probably not even a football fan, just does what he's told. And then next thing he knows, he's got thousands and thousands of Rangers fans just tweeting him abuse. But, you know, that's the life of being a social media manager for a football club, unfortunately. Um, and I just think at the moment, they're probably what they're what they're thankful for is the international break. And they're just hoping that everything goes away over the next um, wee while while there's no games. If I can just say, I mean, in in the club's defence, they were very quick to come out yesterday, not long after the game, to communicate with the fans about the Europa League tickets. Oh, we've got to do the important bits there, Tom, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, you know, Um, critical information that the club uh, needs to put out. Um, We obviously go into the international break. I think uniformly, none of us think that while we might think he should get the bullet, none of us think he is um, is getting fired over the course of this um, this international break. So we go into September with um, with five fixtures that I would say at least four of that four out of that five we should be expecting to win. Real Betis in the Europa League maybe being the the you know the one that you could have question marks over. And this is in ordinary circumstances. Um, I've no idea how good Real Betis are. According to Tom, who's not uh, to to Dave, sorry, who's not with us today, um, he thinks they are very good um, and could do some damage. So that's that's a maybe, right? But the other four games, you would say, are absolutely must win. Tom, at the moment, and given that you're the one who is kind of back in to keep Michael Beale in the job um, through to December, do you see him right now, honestly, winning four out of five of those, even five out of five of them? Or, or is the number less? I think even with my very, very blue-tinted specs on, I have to say no. So we've got, we got three we'll do, we'll do we got three. We'll, we we'll got win three. the domestic games. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Betis, I can see I can see is losing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've got to be honest. But And maybe a draw in the, you know, the following European game. But the thing is, the, um, will be all right. the, there's pretty much a must-win game there, the League Cup um, quarter-final against Livy. Um, ultimately, if Michael Beale has any chance of salvaging something, he has to win a trophy. He's got to demonstrate changes in the league as well, so those league games are pretty much must-wins as well. Chris, I, I kind of suspect I know what your answer will be in terms of what you see us winning, but realistically, you know, is there anything Michael Beale could do at this stage to get you to um, get back on the train? Well, it's completely done for me. Uh, the only way I'm going to get back in the train is if uh, when 56 is confirmed and Michael Beale is the manager. And that's not going to happen, is it? So why are we wasting our time here? Um, I'm I'm just... Uh, uh, he's in such a position, he's put himself in such a position now that even if Betis take something from us, whether it's a win or a draw, 
the fans have the fans have checked out. The fans have turned, and the fans are going to go in on them, even in an unfair uh, scenario like that, because we shouldn't really be expected to. It's, it's hard to say because we're playing with Ibrox, and obviously when they're playing with Ibrox, you expect to win. But Betis have clearly got a better team than us. They've clearly got a bigger budget. So if we beat Celtic yesterday, you can get into that game and you can think to yourself, right? If we get a draw, that's a decent result. It's now a disaster for Bill. Anything other than a win is a disaster for him, and he's going to hear it. If the board... That'll be the thing, right? Yeah. So we've got the September fixtures, then we go into October, November, December. Every single one of those is now must win because the yeah. second there's a, there's a sign of weakness, then those are back out again. Even in the Europa League, even even in the Europa League, if, if he drops anything, he's got no goodwill. He's got no, you know, oh, it's fine, they've got a bigger budget as expected as long as we get second place. Like, first place isn't realistic. Top two is, is what we all want, and that's what we should be aiming for. But on the road to the top two, anything he drops is going to be held against him. Now, if you're speaking rationally, that's unfair, but that's where he's at. Because he, he's he's spent all his credit, um, he's maxed out in all his credit, and anything that the Rangers fans can pick up on in a negative manner is going to be magnified by a hundred. Um, and such is life at Rangers. But um, Andrew, just like kind of Kamal Roof at Ibrox uh, getting subbed off early, I'm I'm obviously going to be getting subbed off earlier because I'm totally fucked. But um, I kind of made a wee joke earlier. Maybe all the wee, maybe all the listeners will boo you for that uh, and and turn on you for that, Andrew. Possibly, you're you're the Michael Beal in this situation. Um, no, no, I'm I'm the poor fucking Danilo coming on here, <laughs> Chris. You're you're self substituting here. This is if Kamar Roof walked off in the middle of the game. Frankly, oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have blamed him for that either. You know, so I'm gonna have to stop you. Though. Are you actually calling me Borna Barisic? I'm picking and choosing when I fucking want to pod here. Is that so what you're if the fucking shoe fits, Chris, I mean, you know, going down with a little thigh strain and then saying you're going to have a scan on it and see see how you feel tomorrow. But, but, but listen, before before I before I do uh, drop off, um, look, a lot of harsh words have been said, but a lot of harsh words need to be said because at the end of the day, the, the Rangers board need to know exactly how um, people like myself feel. Now, I'm not saying every Rangers fan feels like me. Some will still support Bill, and my opinion is if you still support Bill. It's a you're, you're flogging a dead. What is it the saying? The flogging a dead horse because it's 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 not going to happen. You have to you have to wake up and smell the coffee. It's just not going to happen now. He's simply not the man to take Rangers forward. Um, he's he's out his depth. He's not a manager. He'll never be a manager. Um, he's he's a good coach. I'll I'll give him that. But I look at that Rangers team and that's not a well coached side. So at what level is he a good coach when he's got a chain of command where he can actually filter his ideas through? a la Gary McAllister, Stephen Gerrard, possibly. That's maybe his place in football. Uh, but his place in football certainly isn't at Rangers. Um, and the longer we delay this, the more damage gets done to our season. And that's that's been the story of Rangers Football Club when it comes to sacking managers. They don't do it quick enough. Uh, same happened with Pedro. Um, I have to say the same happened with Gio. If they were going to sack him, it should have been a lot sooner than that. Um, same happened with McLeish. They aforementioned Alex McLeish. Um, it's... It's a, it's a pattern that worries you. Uh, you could say the same happened with Paul Le Guin. Um, we need to be a club that is proactive, as I said. We need to get it done now, because if Michael Beale leaves tomorrow, which, by the way, he hasn't gone here, but if he does, the board get a lot of goodwill. They get somebody in. They've got the international break, and it's salvageable. But if you want to continue until his next fuck-up, which is coming, it's coming, then pff, we're, we're handing 
another title to Celtic, and that's the reality of it. We've not handed the title to them yet, but by keeping him in the post, you certainly are about to. Uh, well, what we're doing at the moment is gift wrapping it, and then we're, we're doing the handover. And just just before I drop off, yeah, there's on, there's only one man for the job for me. Um, I have to say that. Uh, I'll let you guys discuss it when I drop off. But um, I've said it for 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 quite a while now, and and uh, maybe some people thought it was a joke before, but I'm deadly serious. Uh, and and obviously that's Kevin Muscat. The this if ever there was a guy who was more perfectly suited for a situation like this, it's Kevin Muscat. Um, there's too many of these players that get away with murder. Uh, Ibrox um, and the Rangers training centre, and they're facing they're going to face Michael Beale. Before that, they were going to face Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. The two guys that aren't exactly somebody you'd be scared to go and face. Previous to that, they had to face Steven Gerrard, and those who let him down didn't survive. Um, so they're not going to survive under Muscat. So that's the personality. So he's got the personality to be Rangers manager, but then you look at his technical ability in terms of what he's like as a coach. Um, all he knows is attack. And listen, it's a, it's it's it doesn't sit right with some Rangers fans. I get this. I, I totally get that. Uh, in terms of you, you could be seen to copy name. But a guy came over here that knew nothing about Scottish football and he didn't care to learn anything about Scottish football. He's seen it as a diddy league. And if you attack, 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 you're going to win more games than you lose. You're going to score more goals than you concede, and then you're going to win more titles than you lose. And uh, that I don't think we've ever had a manager like that. And that's that's a Muscat philosophy. And then the third thing is his track record. He, the guy knows how to win. And then a wee bonus ball, Andrew. He knows Rangers. He's played with Rangers, so he literally ticks all the boxes for me. And uh, as as there are many managers in the whole of the world that would come to Rangers right now, uh, whilst they're riding a wave, a crest of a wave of success, not many that would be on our budget. And he certainly fits the bill in every in, in every in every way. So that's where I'm at. That's what I hope we get in. Um, and I I'll I'll leave you with that because I know maybe Kenny. I know Kenny, you're not entirely on board with it yet, but. Again, even you could probably concede anybody but be at the present moment. We'll let you drop off the call before we call that a completely ridiculous idea, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll no, I mean, uh, at this point, we still have a manager in place, but I, I suspect as and when a change comes, because I think all of us think that a change is coming, maybe not as soon as we'd like. I think we will talk about that. We, we, it, it's not something that we can discuss quickly at the end of this. It's the kind of thing we probably need to all discuss and air our views on um as and when the time comes but chris thank you very much for coming on uh soldiering through your uh, alleged illness um always always appreciate you coming on to, to offer your views mate so thank you yeah just like kimar ruff um i've got a cold and now i'm away for hip surgery i'll see you later <laughs> i fucking roast it man <laughs> <laughs> is, is that chris out for the season now uh, you know, we'll maybe see him again. Seven to ten days, Tom. Let's call it that. We're not that lucky, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have a lot else to discuss. Uh, a point I might have made to Chris, if not for the fact that it gives us the opportunity to slag him relentlessly behind his back. Um, but uh, before before we get into our, uh, our necessary bits of paperwork and plugging things, are there any points that you boys want to discuss um, or do you feel like we've covered what we need to cover today? No, I think you've absolutely nailed pretty much everything for me, Andrew. Um, there's only so much I can say about the same <laughs> thing over and over again, and I think you've absolutely nailed it, but I don't know about the other two. I thought the banners were nice. Be freak before kickoff. That's true. We didn't talk about that. That was very good to see, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure the people a... under them would have rather fucking stayed there. 
but yeah, rather than watching what was on the pitch. Uh, no, fair enough. The only thing I would add is that, you know, Tom had said that he thinks he'll win our domestic games. Uh, listen, I'm going to be 100% honest. There is not a shred of evidence to suggest we are going to go on any kind of run here. I, I don't think, we, and that, forget the results, you know, which are bad enough. We, we are not playing well enough and we've got some tricky away games coming up as well. Uh, and what makes it worse for me, um, very quickly, what's making it worse for me is this first third of the season, you know, before the split comes, if you like, we've got all our difficult uh, opponents at home. Uh, and Celtic have got all their difficult opponents away from home. So come the 11th game, they've got, you know, they've got five, the, the other top five, you know, the other five teams in the top six, if you like, all at Parkhead, while we've got them all away from home. Uh, and at, at this minute in time, I, I don't see us necessarily winning all our home games against Hibs, Aberdeen and uh, Hearts for talking sake. I, I just don't see it. Um, I don't think we're playing well enough. I don't think we're defending well enough. Uh and I think all three of those other clubs that I've mentioned have got strikers that will cause a back four problems. Uh, and that's why, if I'm, if, you know, I probably am coming across as really down and morbid tonight, but I I, I do not see uh, much optimism for me at all at this minute in time unless there is a change happens. Andrew, I've got to be honest. Uh, Kenny, I think, in all honesty, we do try and be relatively balanced, or at least the majority of us do. Um and, and we don't tend to dwell in negativity, again, most of us. Um, but I think all we can do is reflect how we're feeling. You know, we're, we're not setting ourselves up with talking points before we come on the air. You know, we only ever talk about how we see things. Uh, I think the six of us, uh, Dave included, and Chris as well, we all have may, maybe different viewpoints. But ultimately, all we want is the best for Rangers. And if that comes down to making changes at the top to to see the best for Rangers, then that's what it's got to be. You know, we um, when we started this pod up um, off by ourselves, the um, I think the fourth pod that we released on the network was uh, asking for Geo to go. Uh, then immediately after that, the fifth pod was uh, talking about the new manager coming in. So I think if if we when we did that one talking about the removal of Geo, I think uniformly all of us said we thought he should go, but we didn't see it happening. Then we go into that World Cup international break and very quickly the change happens. So, I mean, never say never when it comes to this board's deciding to be ruthless. Um, it may just be that we've been so conditioned into uh, expecting the worst that we, we don't see it happening. Well, well, Andrew, there's a very quick thing. that We've seen the, the ruthlessness of John Bennett uh, you know, from me right through the summer there, um, and I just wonder if that 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 absolute hard line is go, is going to be continued with this. I, I'm not convinced it will, but being honest, it wouldn't surprise me if they do as well. That I, I think there is a ruth, ruthlessness there um, that we shouldn't maybe perhaps underestimate. Who knows? Uh, because we should see. And of course, if there are any changes, we'll obviously get a pod out reacting to it and giving you our thoughts and views on that as well. Um, final bits then, we uh, have a sponsor um, and we will have a sponsor, I think, at least through the end of this month. And then depending on how badly Chris has uh, gone on 
Uh, we may we may still have a sponsor after that as well. Um, we are currently doing Pie of the Week in association with Pie Sports. What we do every week, we ask you guys, the listening audience, to let us know your nominations for Pie of the Week. So, Idi, I think we asked a question over this weekend. We've uh, we've had some answers still coming in, even as we've been recording. Um, I'll go through the nominations, and then I want to come to each of you three in turn to ask uh, what your vote is for that. And then um, if we've got three different answers, then... Uh, then I'll, I'll decide and it will be based purely on my own uh, whims and desires. The point of entering this competition, you will get uh, the chance to go into a monthly competition for a free slab of pies from Pie Sports. Uh, we had a winner last week who got their slab of pies. I think in the end, the poll went something like 90%. Uh, the pie of the week was the journalist who decided it would be fit to include a picture of Rangers uh, sorry, of Ibrooks in a completely unrelated article about police suicide. So a worthy winner there, I think. But uh, this week we've got some choice contenders for Pie of the Week. So I'll go through those now. First up, Shugi Doogie from Twitter nominates Alan Stubbs for claiming a ref said he would never give Celtic a penalty against Rangers. That was two f- old firm games after he'd given Celtic a penalty. Ibrooks FC from Twitter nominates Beal just for subbing Roof which, fair. Andy in London nominated Michael Beale for his post-match comment saying we were unlucky not to get an equaliser. Dean in East Kilbride nominates every person on Twitter nominating Muscat for the job, which, you know, might get some traction here. <laughs> Ruri in Inverness uh, nominates Beale, uh, but this time for managing to be the most embarrassing manager of the weekend when Mick Kennedy had a drunken Twitter rant about Dole's new manager not being able to play a passing style of football. Nathaniel in Inverness nominates himself for thinking there was no way Rangers could look that shit versus a shit Celtic team. And finally, David in Newcastle. And this nomination came in pretty much the same time as we were talking about this, which was weird. He nominates Michael Beale this time for running up the tunnel at full time and hiding from the fans. So, Tom, I'll come to you first, mate. Out of those uh, nominees and those, uh, those various infractions, who wins your pile of the week? I'm not going to give it to Beale, despite this as tempting as it is. So it's, it's got to be Alan Stubbs for me, just for coming up with something that was complete and utter bollocks that was disproven with about 30 seconds of him saying it. So Alan Stubbs. Yeah, worthy winner there. Uh, Kenny, for you, mate? Uh, Stubbs. Stubbs. Definitely Alan Stubbs. An utter nonsense. He is a pie. Reasonable. And uh, Iddy, you're up, mate. Well, I'm contrarian to them too. Um, although <laughs> I do think Stubbs is a pie. That doesn't win pie of the week for me because that's just standard Celtic, ex-Celtic, anyone to do with the club chat. So we d- we did nothing. touch on this pre yeah we did touch on this one previously talking about Chris Sutton saying that he would by default get pie of the week every week if he was nominated. So I think that's fair. So I'm gonna um, not that it matters because it's a two to one, but I'm gonna give it to Beal for running up the tunnel like a coward and not willing to take the the uh, fans distaste the same as the players i thought that was utterly pathetic and how can we expect the players to be leaders on the pitch when their actual genuine leader runs and hides yeah no i think that's entirely fair actually i'm going to change that (laughs) eddie's right actually it is michael beal for running up the tunnel it's even worse yeah 
I'm gonna. Can I change my vote, Andrew? Is that okay? I'll Kenny, go with... uh, this is a game that we made up uh, purely so we could have a method of giving away pies that wasn't just sending them to people <laughs> who suspiciously had the same names as us. So I think that's entirely fair, Kenny. <laughs> um, no, that's fair. So by two to one, Idi, Kenny, uh, your nomination wins it. Uh, Michael Beale of running up the tunnel and hiding from the fans. I think, in all honesty, probably could have expected Michael Beale to win this regardless because he had about four nominations of the seven that we had um, for various different things. But uh, I mean, I'm in agreement with you boys. I think that's entirely fair. Tom, absolutely take your point as well about Stubbs. But as we say, it's the Chris Sutton rule. Can't nominate him because he always deserves it every day of the week. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. But he's still a dick. Yeah, oh, of course. That that goes without saying, Tom. Don't worry about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you've stuck with us this long, we do appreciate you listening to us. Uh, these pods are never particularly easy or fun after a uh, after a defeat, but I've had a good time at least talking to the boys, even if the subject matter has not been particularly fun. Um, we encourage you to like, share, subscribe, uh, both the pod and ourselves. Uh, we... Always appreciate all the comments and feedback that we get. You can reach out to us uh, using contact at Saturday at three dot uh, uh, That's our email address, which Idi monitors with uh, great interest. Uh, all your feedback, uh, positive and negative, always much appreciated. We just send all the negative feedback to Chris because it's usually him who should be receiving it anyway. Um, we encourage you to uh, like, share and subscribe to the pod on pretty much any way that you have of listening to podcasts. We're on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. We're all over the shop, so you can listen to the pod pretty much anywhere. We also encourage you to go to piesports.co.uk and uh, use our code SATAT3 uh, for a 10% discount on any pies you get. Um We've been working our way through the 352 pack that I ordered uh, the previous weekend. Um Sarah, my other half, had a mac and cheese scotch pie, uh, which she said was simply phenomenal and uh, was American approved. And she wanted that message to get out to the, uh, the listening audience. So, um, so yeah, pie sports. They're, they're American smart approved. Smart woman, Andrew. Smart woman. Absolutely, yeah. That pie is unbelievable. It, it truly know. is. <laughs> I don't know if I can really stand for it being called a mac and cheese pie. Yeah, I didn't want to. He's American. I'm going to let him away with that. <laughs> that, that, that. I mean, that was that was uh, what she called it. Yeah, sorry, that's uh, that's my mistake. I apologise for that. But yeah, uh, please do go out and use that sponsorship code. It's uh, good still for the rest of this month as well. So we encourage you to use it. Get ten percent off and treat yourself to some pies, man. It's uh, it's well worth it. Uh, I also sorry. I also thoroughly thoroughly recommend the Mr. Singh's chicken curry pie as well. It is unreal how good that pie is yeah that's uh that's going to be the next uh, batch of orders that i do there indeed. uh it's uh something to behold for sure uh i want to thank everyone for for coming on uh first of all chris who we already thanked in person but again appreciate you coming on from your sickbed mate and then uh to the guests who are still on the call as well kenny mate um always appreciate you coming on always like hearing you talk uh thanks again man no thanks andrew cheers thank you tom Always a pleasure, mate. I'm sure I'll see you back down at the Bermondsey Beer Killer for uh, hopefully uh, a better result next time. Oh, yeah. Who needs to pay for therapy when we've got this, eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, finally, Eddie, thank you, mate. Uh, cheers. Well, no, not cheers for having us on. You're welcome that I came on.
that's all that's all right Lee. We, we always appreciate it mate so thank you um and finally thank you to all the listeners as well uh i've said it before but i'll say it again we do this for the love you guys are the reason why we keep doing this uh all your feedback both positive and negative it either gives us the drive or the spite to continue doing this uh we do enjoy doing it it's uh it's not something we're doing for any money because no one's paying us for it but we do uh appreciate every bit of feedback uh, every download share subscribe all of those they all help us massively so thank you for listening to us we will be back uh, if not with a change of manager reaction pod then to preview our next game which is away to st johnson our only away fixture during september so here's hoping we can get a result there uh, but until we talk to you again thank you again for listening and bye for now <laughs>